Welcome to Cobbler's Gulch. Fair warning. As a visitor to Cobbler's Gulch, there's a better than even chance you will encounter the following. Pirates, circus folk, roughnecks, dwarves of various sizes and temperaments, dragon slayers, and a menagerie of monsters including goblins, tuxedo-wearing frogs, screaming scarecrows, witches, and many others that have yet to be properly named. If this list makes you feel uncomfortable, know that there will also be adventure, whimsy, magic, bold acts of daring do, and lots and lots and lots of goats. (laughs) So many goats. Episode 1, The Cobbler's Gulch Orphanage for Boys and a Girl. This is a story about an orphan named Hazel Peachwood. And on the day Hazel's story begins, her morning is full of familiar and one not-so-familiar sound. The first sounds she hears at the Cobbler's Gulch Orphanage for Boys and Girls are snores. Hazel has seven orphan brothers, seven, and they all sleep on these threadbare hammocks in the same room. The hammocks are these hand-me-downs made from the sails of old pirate ships, and when these boys are sleeping in their hammocks, they snore. They snore so much that their hammocks rock back and forth and back and forth. After the snoring, the next sound Hazel hears is tromping. And tromping means one thing, Madame Idris Drax. Technically, Madame Drax is the caregiver of the Cobbler's Gulch Orphanage. But she doesn't really care much for anything, except maybe her own appetite. She certainly doesn't care much for orphans. Every morning, just before breakfast, Madame Drax tromps her way up the staircase. It's this rickety old thing. And like the hammocks, it's also a hand-me-down, taken from a pirate ship that was stripped for parts after an unlucky quarrel with a soul-sucking Whipplepuss. So the staircase isn't exactly sturdy, especially when Madame Drax is dragging her gigantic feet across the splintered wood steps like a lame donkey. When she gets to the top of the staircase and leans against the doorway, that's when Hazel hears the next familiar sound, a sort of gurgle. Something swishing around inside of Madame Drax's mouth. And then Hazel smells it. And it's difficult to describe what the smell is. But try to imagine the sound coming from Madame Drax's mouth has a smell. Whatever you're thinking, it smells like that. And it's called something just as unpleasant. Sludge. Sludge is how Madame Drax wakes up Hazel and her orphan brothers. She fills the room with the smelliest of smells, announces the sludge, Sludge. calls them crib lizards, which is her favorite insult for the orphans, you little crib lizards, and then she threatens to give the sludge to the fishermen for chum if it's not scarfed down in the next five minutes flat. Sludge is the final stage of what had once been stew. Usually the stew is made of either 
sea serpent eyeballs, or snogglings. And snogglings, believe it or not, actually taste pretty okay. But Hazel and the other orphans couldn't tell you that since they'd never eaten the stew. They never ate the stew until after Madame Drax had slurped out the sea serpent eyeballs and snogling meat and added a few handfuls of groats. Madame Drax then switches the name from stew to gruel. A few days later, she adds wrinkled potatoes and soggy spinach. And she calls this swill. A few days after that, she tosses in a couple handfuls of slimy mushrooms. And she calls this slop. Gross! Finally, another two days after that, she adds something else, always different, something mysterious. And this brings us to the next familiar sound. The orphan's conversation about the mystery meat. It's dragon's phlegm. That's the first guess. And where would Drax find a dragon? It's, um, bat wings. Yes, that's what it is. It's bat wings. Aye, poached bat wings. Mmm. Mmm. Too chewy to be bat wings. Mmm. Way too chewy. And the guesses continue to go around the breakfast table. It's definitely. Well, maybe not definitely, but it's probably a two-headed slug. Mmm, mmm. No. No such thing. It'd have to be a three-headed slug. But a three-headed slug also gets shot down. You bunch of dolts. Don't you know curdled snaggledillo milk when you taste it? Nah, snaggledillo milk ain't this dirty white color. It's green. This here is, um, mermaid gristle. And the conversation goes like this until one of the orphan brothers has the good sense to ask Hazel what she thinks. And her guess is spot on. It's a bilge rat. A big one. And she points at the three pussycats who have their noses pressed against the window, hoping the orphans are going to leave some leftovers. And that settles it. So the orphans choke down their shares of sludge. Yuck. And they sit after the top-to-bottom cleaning and mopping and scouring of the Cobbler Gulch Orphanage for boys and girls. Hazel wonders about the orphanage's name. Shouldn't it be the Cobbler's Gulch Orphanage for boys and a girl? Not that she minds. Her orphan brothers are all right, if you never mind the snoring. And besides, she shares history with them. Each of them had become orphans during the Age of Gloom, just like her. And the whole lot of them were left behind, forsaken, all alone, but at the same time, together. Still, none of them feels more alone than Hazel. She's the only girl, which is difficult. But she's also missing something they have. Details. All the boys know who they are, where they come from, and how they became orphans. Each boy's story is heart-wrenching as the next, and we'll get to those stories soon enough. But what's important to know right now is that Hazel's story, well, it's got a big old empty hole right in the heart of it. When she was just a baby, someone put her in a basket and hung her from the hitching post outside of the orphanage. There was a note pinned to her diaper. Please care for the baby, it read. Her parents vanished at the bridge of the spinning woman. Vanished. That word. Vanished is Hazel's least favorite word. If her parents had vanished, did it mean that they had left her? Abandoned her? Goodbye. Or did it mean that something horrible had happened to them? That maybe 
they were the victim of some treacherous crime. Had they been kidnapped? Captured? Seized? Or was it some other mystery altogether? Something dark. Something mystic. Something ghostly. Maybe even deadly. The last thought chills her bones as she scrubs the floorboards of the orphanage. And she reminds herself that if lost things can be found, that if darkness can be lit and wrongs can be righted, then maybe vanished parents can unvanish. This is the thought that runs through her mind when she hears the not-so-familiar sound of a cannon blast. A sound of celebration in Cobbler's Gulch. A sound of pirates returning home. A sound the orphans love. The scream of the sea has returned to port. Thanks for listening. On the next Cobbler's Gulch, episode two, three fingers, two teeth, and one leg. In the meantime, keep your wits about you. It is, after all, goblin season.